Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you along with Stephen Cates, Dr. Sky. We're going to chat with him for a little bit about this December asteroid. There seems to be some concern about it, but it's going to miss us by a while, Stephen, won't it? Absolutely, George. They're saying 2.4 million miles, which in astronomy, even though that seems like a big number to many, it's a safe distance, as opposed to the asteroid that I just described before. And the problem here is, and it's, I guess, a universal problem until we can get better detection systems. How about that asteroid, George, that passed us, like I said, on October the 24th within 1,800 miles, even if it's as small as a refrigerator? The point is it was discovered four hours after. That's right, when it already has gone past us. Jeez. (laughs) Absolutely. So what about something larger? And and for people out there curious about this, George, about, well, maybe people may scratch their heads saying, well, why can't they find these things? These particular asteroids are coming from, let's say, behind the sun. So in other words, as we're looking in the daylight sky, let's say, the object is coming and sneaking up behind the sun. So it's almost, and I can't say impossible, but it's extremely difficult for detection systems, at least now, unless we have something positioned out in space. And maybe there's some hope that the Hubble Space, not the Hubble, but excuse me, the James Webb Telescope, once it's deployed, might be able to give us, who knows, maybe even a better warning, but its purpose is a little different. Well, i got to tell you, Stephen, this is incredible. Now, in your opinion, what are asteroids anyways? How are they formed? What, what are they? Are they planets that have blown up or rocks that have just never, you know, accumulated with, with other rocks? What are they? Well, it's more likely, George, that they never coalesced into a planet because when this whole proto-solar system formed about four and a half billion years ago, many of the speculation is out there. And I always had a hard time in school understanding this concept. When you have objects that form into planets, they say over billions of years, gravitational pressure and friction causes the thing to solidify. Well, what these objects are in space are just debris that may be never formulated, or one theory could be that it was smacked by something even larger, and that asteroid belt, as most people know from basic 101 astronomy, is between the orbits of Mars and Jupiter for the most part. So these asteroids that we're talking about now, particularly this one, 1982 DB, or otherwise known, and its other stage name is 4660 Nereus, it's one of the asteroid groups called one of the Apollo asteroids. So to not make this too complicated, their semi-major axis of their orbit, their semi-major orbit, is actually greater than that of the Earth. So what they do is they're swinging out beyond the Earth and coming in near the Earth's orbit, one of many types of asteroids. But simply, George, asteroids are probably remnants of the solar system creation that never formulated into planets. And the largest one we know of is another of the dwarf objects called Ceres, spelled C-E-R-E-S, probably about the size of the state of Texas, and it's one of the most strange, one of the strangest objects, in my opinion, because it's spherical, as opposed to many of these objects that look like they're jagged and rough-edged, like a potato. Now, the object that wiped out the dinosaurs, dinosaurs, that was about yeah. what six kilometers, which was about six, but some say five to seven kilometers. And of course, this again happened twice in geologic history. A lot of people think it just happened once, sixty-five million years ago. It's thought, very scientifically, that this happened once before even another time period before that. But the one that caused this Chicxulub event, that they call it, in the area of the Gulf of Mexico, is an object that was probably about that size. And its impact was obviously a global killer for the most part. I mean, I imagine how the dinosaurs must have felt then. But the Earth was hit. And the strange description that people have described about this event was, and nobody was there to do it, was that what happened was when it actually, it, it actually shattered and ripped apart the sky but it actually sucked up the atmosphere and everything with it and formulated this big dark cloud around the Earth for who knows how long it lasted, but simply we know vegetation and animal life 
ceased to exist from just an object that was maybe five to seven kilometers in size. There was an object a few years ago over uh, Russia that uh, kind of blew up before. It didn't hit the ground, but it blew up in the atmosphere. But a lot of people were injured because of that concussion. Absolutely, and that's the Chicxulub event that we're talking about. No, that that was the Chelyabinsk event. Excuse me, I got that's right. It was the Chelyabinsk event. And this happened, as we know, back in 2013. And what's amazing about it, George, is that the object was 66, alleged 66 feet in diameter. And the story about how people went to the hospital were injured, it was not from the debris. It was from the actual sonic boom and explosion that this object caused. So even an object 66 feet in diameter, nickel iron or stony iron or stony material, caused that much damage. And we know here in Arizona, the great tourist attraction is still, and I love it every time I go there, and I'm sure people have seen it or will see it, is the great Arizona meteor crater that was allegedly formed 50,000 years ago by an object, now get a little of this, folks, and George, some 200 feet in diameter, causing at least a mile-ish or so crater here on the Earth, and it's still one of the freshest craters that we can actually study, and there's a lot of story about that. It's just an amazing sight from something 200 feet allegedly across. Steve, does gravity pull in asteroids too? Absolutely. And one of the things we should be grateful for when you go outside at night, and as I mentioned always in our Live Sky edition here to give, and by the way, people tell me, George, that they love that part of this report because it's stuff you can actually see. Yes. Because obviously there's so much science out there. I wish we had more time, but I'm, I'm grateful for the time we have now. But Yes, gravity is a, main, is a main thing as far as what happens with these asteroids, the gravitational force of not only the sun, but mentioning Jupiter. Jupiter, if it were not there, many astronomers simply believe, and scientists know, that Jupiter is like this great magnet for objects. So gravity, of course, does affect it. And within the last year or two, George, and visually, I know some people around the world that have video cameras when they're observing Jupiter in the telescope, and what they see or what they saw is very infrequent is large flashes that happen on the surface of the cloud top. So what's happening is Jupiter's like a giant vacuum cleaner, and we should be grateful for it, but let's keep it far enough away. It's over 400 million miles away now, but obviously if we were to get close to it as we would say the moon, its, it's intense gravity and its intense radiation would obviously make us not have a good day. It is amazing. It, it, it really is. Uh, the Tunguska blast of 1908. Why is it sure. everything happens over Russia? Well, I guess because here's a simple answer. It's so large. And if it has what? I'm not sure of this, but what, 10 or 12 time zones? That's pretty big. And obviously, we just got off daylight saving time for a good part of the United States, except for Arizona, of course. But here, George, this is something interesting. That event, June 30th, 1908, still goes down in the record book as one of the most amazing events of all time. It theoretically could be a chunk of a comet, some thought Comet Enki, some thought even in the, in the most bizarre explanation, but I can't rule it out, that it was an interplanetary spacecraft that actually exploded over the Earth. Who knows? But from the asteroid section in astronomy, that event leveled trees about the size of the state of Connecticut. And it wasn't until the 1920s that somebody actually went there, a scientific expedition, and they looked and they saw this amazing destruction from an object that didn't hit the Earth, George. What it did, it was an airburst like that of a nuclear weapon. And who knows on the megaton scale how big it was, but probably bigger or larger than Russia's largest event in its atmospheric test called Zarbamba, which supposedly was a 100-megaton explosion. 
These things, obviously, we hope don't happen in our near future. But I know there's a movie coming out. I think it's with, uh, I'm trying to think who it is, Leonardo DiCaprio. It's about, I don't know the title, forgive me, folks, George, but it's something about look at the sky. And it's about an obvious comet or asteroid that comes to strike the Earth. Here we go again, right? What did you think of the movie with Bruce, Bruce Willis where he was on an asteroid and stayed to blow it up to save the planet? Well, I thought he did a great job, but it's all in the sci-fi world. But I, I, can't is, only I mean, is that conceivable? They, well, it, it, let me say this. I don't believe truly that we could stand on the surface of an asteroid comet for a long time. But I think they got it right, particularly with the comet. Because here, here we go. This thing was venting gases. And I remember going back in my time, Tunnel, that if you look at the surface of one of these objects, you see him standing on a thing that looks like it has geysers. I don't think we could conceivably stand there. So it's probably going to have to be some sort of robotic craft. And they're describing this. I mean, you, you've, you've heard this, I'm sure, a million times, George, that they even have the concept now of using nuclear warheads to do deflection. And years ago, that was considered to be one of the most ludicrous concepts and again, the, the theory about not doing it, or, or the reason not to do it, is you blow something up like that, and you create a whole lot of Chelyabinsk and a lot of other things, maybe like the Tunguska event coming from a singular object. By destroying it, you're probably asking for a lot more trouble, but simply to answer your question, I thought the movie was great, but uh, that's something that maybe in the, in the next 20 or 30 years we might be able to do, but I don't think right yet. Well, can you imagine what would happen? Oh, my gosh. If, you, if you're right, if they blew up an asteroid and we had thousands of 66 feet, uh, two-mile pieces coming our way. Well, George, there's another theoretical thing, and I don't want to scare people out there. It's never my mission and never yours. We just want to inform them. But imagine this. Let's say an object the size of, let's say, much smaller than Chicxulub, the great 65-million-year-ago event. Let's say we had an object maybe larger than the Chelyabinsk event, maybe bigger than Tunguska, and it actually struck the moon. Now, for astronomers and sky watchers, that would be one hell of a view, because you'd see this material just hit the surface of the moon. But look at all that residual material that would be heading our way, too. So I'm lo we're lucky that the moon hasn't been hit, or an object like the Earth as frequently, because obviously the moon has minimal, minimalist atmosphere, if you want to call it at all. It has a tiny, tiny atmosphere, hardly negligible, measurable. But the Earth, obviously, with its atmosphere, has protected us from some of the smaller events. But that would be pretty catastrophic, too. An object striking the lunar surface would put on a great sky show. But then hold on, folks. Hold on to your hat, because the residual debris would be coming probably within a day, maybe even shorter than that, headed our direction. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.